We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all, I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone, it's Seth again, too. And today is a conversation about remaining calm under pressure. And also, what do we do with this new effort to normalize abortion, shout your abortion story? A lot to talk about. This is going to be an important conversation. And today, Grace is joining us. She interned with us last summer and now is a part of our team. So we're really grateful to have Grace with us today. Thanks, Grace. Sorry, Grace. I kind of left you That's hanging. That's your cue, Grace. I was just <laughs> wanting you to say thank you so much for having me I'm on this so podcast. Grateful. Yeah, no. Um, but anyways, yesterday we were at Otterbein University here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, talking to people about abortion. So Grace, tell me about how your outreach went yesterday. What was it like? What were the conversations you were having? Yeah, for sure. The dynamic at Otterbein University is always a little different from other campuses, I feel like. Um, it's always a little bit more hostile. We had some more protesters, but overall it was a great day and I had some great conversations. Yeah, Sorry. for anyone who's been tracking with Create Equal for a while, you know there's kind of a history with Otterbein. They have had bedsheets yesterday. Lexi, I believe you met someone holding a bedsheet in front of your sign, right? Yes. So they have this, as you said, a hostile kind of history. They also, one time the students, it's a private school. We have to go to a public sidewalk right outside the school, outside the center of campus. The students tried one year to actually buy the sidewalk to stop us from coming with our outreaches. So quite a history there. So so this is not unusual what you experienced. And just let everybody out there know that you cannot buy a public sidewalk um, in case you're looking into it. Um, they did try to. Yes, they did try. They failed, though, thankfully, so we could have good outreaches there. But Grace, I saw you. I was standing on the other side of the sidewalk, and um, I saw a guy come up to you holding a sign. Couldn't tell what the sign was saying, but I thought, well, Grace is about to enter into a very interesting conversation. So um, tell us about that person you were talking to and what was he there for? Yeah, I thought the same thing, Lexi, when he came up and was approaching <laughs> me. I thought, oh my goodness, this is probably going to be some crazy pro-choice protester, but he had his sign um, facing him, but he had this big grin on his face and he flipped his sign around to show me and it said equal pay for men on OnlyFans. And for those of you who don't know, OnlyFans is a pornographic website where creators can charge money for the viewers to see their pornographic content. It's disgusting. What was his point with that sign? It was a total joke. He was just looking for attention. Um, when he came up, almost immediately other students rushed over to take pictures with him. They were laughing with him, and he was just soaking in all of the attention. So, so what do you do with that? Yeah, it was a total distraction from our outreach, which was very frustrating, but I just started out the conversation like I would any other time and said, what do you think about our signs? Yeah. And so what did he say? Was he like willing to have like a conversation with you about it, a genuine conversation? I was surprised at the beginning of the conversation because he said, yeah, I'm on your side. I think abortion is wrong and I think it's murder. And are you guys Christians? And I said, yeah, we are. And he said, oh, me too. So that was very shocking. So he was acting as if he was agreeing with any, everything you said, but also actively mocking what you were doing, right? Exactly. So from your perspective, this was not a genuine presentation. Definitely not. He put up this facade. He was very much into character, and he refused to break that character throughout our encounter. Well, I'd love to see, hear a bit of this conversation, mm -hmm. but who was with you on the sidewalk, just so we know what's, what we're going to hear in the audio? Yeah, one of our other staff members, Isaac, was also there, and so we were both talking to this student. Okay, let's hear the clip. How many men are on this earth? That's a lot of people that are being underpaid. I mean... Yeah, but that's a distraction from this issue. We're talking to people about murder. Yeah, I think if you agree that this is murder, you shouldn't be out here with your sign. Well, why not? I can't protest my issues. You guys can protest what you believe, but I can't protest 
Men well, being do you think this is a problem? Do you think that's wrong to do that to a baby? Yeah. How, how wrong? Too. How wrong is this? I mean, you're killing someone, but like... Oh, sorry, Seth, I was about to cut him off, but I guess I'll continue to cut you off. Sorry about that. But <laughs> this is a very common conversation we have with people. Not exactly somebody holding up a sign about OnlyFans, but um, the same type of person um, there to get attention um, and not really caring about what you're saying, but rather just trying to goof off and have a good time. That, in my from my personal experience can make me a little frustrated and I have to really work on staying calm. So you obviously stayed really calm throughout the entire conversation. Um, and even while he was standing next to you with his sign, while you were having conversations with other people. So how do you do that? How do you stay calm, Grace, whenever somebody is kind of just trolling you? Actually, I think that this student in particular was a great reminder to me of why we're doing what we're doing. When I started to feel all that anger and rage well up inside of me, I kind of stopped and thought, why is this making me frustrated? And the reason is because I was standing next to a picture of an aborted baby who'd been murdered. And this student was standing next to me with his joke sign, making fun mm -hmm. of that and really just laughing at the face of an aborted baby. And so it really helped me stay on task and remember, like, this is why I'm out here and it's good that I should feel this way. What a good point. I remember being in high school years ago and watching videos like the Little Rock Nine when you have the black kids inter uh, integrated into the school with the mm -hmm. white students and you see some white students who are kind to them, but others mocking, shouting, being really unkind. I remember being so angry because you see not just injustice, you see mockery, celebration, love of injustice. That ought to disgust us. But I think your response to him is such a super excellent contrast with him because you did not respond to mockery with mockery, but tried to genuinely reach him. And I have to say also from the audio clip, I loved Isaac's question there. He said it's wrong. And Isaac said, how wrong, right? Making him define mm -hmm. how wrong do you really believe abortion is? It's easy to say. It's, it's cheap to say it's wrong. And what do you mean by wrong? Like really wrong, like killing a toddler? What do you mean by that? It was a great question he asked. Yeah, it's thoughtful um, to ask people, even if they're just trying to troll you, even if they're just trying to joke around, asking them thoughtful questions um, like y'all were doing, I think at least gives him something to think about, especially because he's just trying to agree with everything you're saying. So if you're just um, kind of like preaching to them or just um, having a monologue and they're just, yeah, 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 um, that doesn't really put them in the hot seat of trying to um, work out their worldview and um, fess up to their terrible beliefs if they are pro-abortion and for killing innocent children. So I think that's really important to think about. But Grace, um, as you were talking to him, um, how did that conversation kind of come to a close or um, was it kind of the same throughout that he was just trolling you throughout and you just had to bring that to an end or what was that like? Once I began to see that we weren't going anywhere with the conversation, wasn't making any progress because he wasn't willing to be honest with himself about mm -hmm. his beliefs, I kind of just gave him the ultimatum of, well, I'm here to talk about abortion, and if you're not willing to have a serious conversation about this injustice, then please take your protest somewhere else. Anyone who's listening ought to really take note of this because you kind of stepped out of the conversation for a second, right? This is so very important because sometimes we all recognize the conversation is no longer productive, right? Mm -hmm. They've seen the pictures, they've heard some things you've had to say, and it's not going anywhere. So you kind of stepped aside. So this conversation isn't working. You're not having an even back and forth exchange of ideas. That I think often I find shocks people because they're called in the carpet and the fact they're steamrolling you or being unkind to you. So I think that was a very important thing you did. 
uh, to kind of end that conversation. Yeah. And then that opens you up to have genuine conversations with people who um, want to hear the truth and want to know more about your position and have a good conversation. So uh, after that conversation ended, I'm sure you got into other conversations with Otterbine students. Uh, so could you get into that? What were you hearing throughout the rest of the outreach? The one theme that I noticed and really stuck out to me over our the span of our outreach was that more students than usual would say, I agree that more abortion is murder, but it's still okay. Some of them gave me a qualifier as to why they um, believed that anything could justify the murder of an innocent preborn human. Some of them just said, I think it's great. Now, some people are tracking with us are familiar with our syllogism, our argument, right? It is wrong to intentionally kill innocent humans. Elective abortion does that. It intentionally kills innocent humans. Therefore, it's wrong. We usually think people are going to respond to the second premise. They're going to say they're not humans. Abortion's not really killing, so on and so forth. But you met people who were rejecting the first premise, that it is wrong to intentionally kill innocent humans. That's very important. I think a lot of people who have not um, done outreach before, but they understand the arguments, we... I think inaccurately assume that people will oppose murder. And that's not always the case. That I think is actually more horrifying than the guy making fun of you. Those who are embracing murder saying, yeah, it's murder, but it's okay. Yeah. I think that's so common. I think people would just believe like people who are pro-life, especially believe like if people would just realize abortion is murder, if they would just see what abortion victims look like, then they would automatically become pro-life. I wish that was the case, but that's growing growingly not the case like people are really um willing to say yes abortion is murder yeah that's a disgusting sign um that's that's obviously a baby that was killed in an abortion but yet abortion's not wrong i mean murder is not wrong all the time um and so what do you do in that situation grace when people are just saying that saying yeah it's murder so they'll agree with you there but where they fall off is where they say um, that that murder isn't wrong. Yeah, it would it hurt my ears every time somebody would say that, well, murder's not wrong all of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's important to just show them, like, this is what you believe. And this is the end of, if you take that all the way to the end, this is what you're saying. And that was just, it's super disturbing. So let's take a step back and see how we got here. So I think that the fact that people are saying this is not um, not a surprise. Anyone who tracks with the kind of the messaging from the cultural gatekeepers in society. So you have Hollywood, a lot of um, political leaders. There have been a lot of efforts over time to purpose to intentionally uh, dehumanize preborn people. Right. And to normalize abortion. So we've seen a lot of this in our office. We've tracked with things like shout your abortion story, encouraging women to celebrate their abortion uh, and so there are a lot of cultural efforts like this. I think you're seeing really the fruit of that, right? As people kind of become okay, normalized, they, they, they see killing as normal. Yeah, especially there's a ton of movies that are out lately about abortion, celebrating that. Um, play, I don't even want to say yeah, don't, the names don't say the of the titles, movies, but, but yeah. they're just they're uh, glorifying abortion, the whole experience of it all, um, trying to make it into a comedy. Um, and I think that, Anytime we can laugh at something so gruesome and serious, it takes away from the tragedy of it. It takes away from how serious it truly is. And then we can make light of it. And so I think as a culture, we definitely have done this with abortion. It now can be something 
that we put on cakes and um, give to somebody who's having an abortion. And now it's like a party. Uh, now it's just like a rite of passage. Like, oh, you haven't had an abortion? Well, you should get one. I mean, that's like the best thing for your life. So as a society, we definitely have. And Grace, what you're seeing is a fruit of that. What do you do? I know you said you kind of lay out their worldview, lay out what they believe and why that that take it to the logical conclusion. But other than that, when somebody's kind of making light of abortion, is there anything you like to say that really can sober their mind? Um, I like to compare the injustice of abortion to another um, injustice that they would view as genocide, like, for example, the Holocaust. And I think that that really hit this one student in particular hard because we both realize that we can condemn that, but yet he's not condemning uh, injustice that's happening in our country right now. Well said. And I think also it's important to remember that, so even if you had asked that question, and I assume most people would recognize the Holocaust is objectively wrong for everyone, they wouldn't make fun of it in the same way they were mocking abortion. No matter what their view is on that, I think it's important to recall that student you were talking to or students hearing that question walking by, they're, they're laughing in the moment, but we shouldn't underestimate the power of groupthink, right? If I'm walking by in a group of people and they're all laughing and seeing a picture like that, I might laugh along too. I, mean, I, would, I wouldn't, but I can see how they would as, as uh, in a group like that. But they go home that night to their dorms and they're thinking through what happened during the day and they can't get out of their minds the pictures they saw and then also this powerful second picture and that is a bunch of students laughing and you, one very serious, loving, kind person, standing alongside this forgotten, brutalized people, the pre-born ones, I think that's a powerful image that will knock out of their hearts and minds. That's going to affect them until they hopefully eventually accept the truth. Yeah, I think what we're doing, showing the victims of abortion, having conversations with people in a loving way, but also really firm. Like, as you can tell, I think in Grace's conversation, even just a little bit that we got to hear how firm you and Isaac were, um, but also how loving and caring you obviously weren't yelling at them or doing any at him or doing anything like that, even though um, he was not there to have a respectful conversation. You were being respectful and caring and kind. Um, but other than that, Seth, other than going out and um, conducting our outreaches, what do you think it's going to take um, to kind of change this culture? Or what could we do practically to kind of change the culture from this place that glorifies abortion, that celebrates abortion, um, to a culture that rejects it outright? Well, I think one, there are a couple of things important to remember. One of them is uh, the late, great Joe Scheidler, grandfather of the pro-life movement. He once told me, I thought it was super powerful, and he probably said to a lot of people, not just to me, but he was saying, we all have minds. We can kind of process what abortion is, but you have to also have a functioning heart. Now, we all have hearts if we're alive, right? But he meant something deeper than that, this kind of functioning moral compass. Some people can look at pictures. We know, we know the Nazis killed people. And they were, they were, there are these, there are these horrifying stories of people who are um, killing Jewish people during the day, going home to their families at night. No problem, right? Today it happens. People are killing babies during the day, going home to their families at night. They have no problem with it. When uh, injustice becomes normalized, culture is okay with it. So we should not be surprised that some people whose moral compasses are no longer pointing to, to true north, no longer pointing to what's right and wrong and able to sort that out. We ought not be surprised that some people will not accept our case that abortion is wrong, which though anyone listening might think, well, then why do we even do this, right? Mm -hmm. What's the point of it? We have to keep this in mind. While we want to convert everyone, that's not our mission, right? 
what we need to do is, is build enough of a consensus against abortion that we have enough general cultural agreement against it in order to change things. We want to save every baby, but we can't save every baby. We want to change every law. We can't change every law. But it is, it is our job to change as much as we can to build toward that consensus of humanizing, of, of recognizing that all humans do matter. Yeah, and so Grace, as you go out and do outreach, is there anything that you would maybe say differently or anything um, like just from having this conversation today that stuck out that you would like to implement whenever you're talking to somebody who sees abortion as murder but just not wrong? Yeah, I know that I will carry this conversation um, particularly with me in my heart as I go to other outreaches because it was a great reminder to me of what it looks like to have a world without God Um, on the throne and what that looks like when these people I'm encountering don't have God on the throne of their hearts Um, and just to see how debased and how wrong and unjust their worldview becomes when they are scorning injustice and when they're scorning God. Yeah and I have a question for both of y'all really. I talk to a lot of people who use the same exact argument yes abortion is murder but it's not wrong or it's just not that bad but they're coming, they're saying that they're Christians. So how do you, that's a little bit different. How do you then try to talk to them? They acknowledge abortion is murder, but yet they just don't care. I I just look at them and say, so you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ. What did he do? He laid down his life for you, and he called us to do likewise, to be servants, to love people, to share the truth, but to also actively love them. We're told John writes in his first letter uh, that we are to love in truth and in deed, not in word only. Christ gave us the Good Samaritan, a story that's generally recognized in culture beyond Christian circles as a good uh, example of moral behavior. Christ is far more than a moral example. Don't get me wrong. He's the Savior by what he did, not merely an example. But our general culture looks at his story of the Good Samaritan as one of good moral conduct. Mm-hmm. And you say you follow this person, and yet you see people dying next door to you and you don't do anything. That is what we are. Uh, John, again, in his letter writes that Christian assurance, we have assurance because we see that we have God's love in us and that motivates us. And if you don't have that, I think you should really question your standing before him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And I think um, everybody listening to the podcast, if you have people in your life who um, say that they're Christians, say that they're um, maybe even against abortion, but that you don't really need to worry about doing anything about it, or um, it's not as bad as a lot of other things going on in the world. Maybe use exactly what Seth just said um, and what we've been talking about um, during this podcast, because I think a lot of people, Christian or not, need to be confronted with the reality that we have a responsibility, um, that abortion isn't just um, something that's neutral, but something that is morally um, evil. That's exactly right. And as we um, wrap up this conversation, I think it's also important to remember that this points me, this whole discussion about normalizing something points me back to what we have referenced many times on our podcast, but not maybe spent more time talking about because it will over time. And that is just why we use the abortion victim photography. If there really is um, a more and more a growing normalization of abortion, people are okay with it. If uh, we have almost this closing window of time, we need to change people's hearts and minds now while, the, while there still are more people who are more sensitive to, uh, to the truth about abortion. So if, if my picture, though, will not change our hearts and minds, my words are utterly ineffective, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to use our best evidence, and that is the visual graphic evidence of what abortion does to babies. 
Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think that um, even in this time where the culture seems to hate pro-life people or uh, hate our stance, hate the pre-born, we need to remember that it can get worse, y'all. Like we need to work now because if you think the culture is bad now, look at our culture even five years ago of how much more they were against abortion um, and look how far, far left we've gotten far pro, far more pro-abortion now than we were even maybe even last year and on that encouraging note sorry <laughs> but no but take the opportunity we have now you know what i mean that should be an encouragement like take this opportunity it may seem like everybody's um up against you but i can guarantee you that's not the truth that we at created equal are here um completely against abortion here to stand up for the pre-born no matter how many people are willing to stand with us, we will continue to stand. Exactly. I mean, we do still see change every day, right? We see people whose hearts and minds are more open and various campuses are different. So Grace, as you go out again to outreach, any final thoughts on this or other things about related to the outreach? Nope. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you all for listening. This is, uh, I think again, important to remember that you will, if you've not, you will encounter this people who are just okay with killing. What do we do? It's important. We have the right tools and know how to engage them in dialogue. So thank you for listening. You know, the drill, Please subscribe to our podcast if you like what you're hearing. If it's helpful, please leave a five-star review. You can also find us on our social media at Debrief With Us or just go to createdequal.org. Thank you for joining us. This has been The Debrief.